okay, so you can't focus. You're going from task to task, or you just can't even sit still. These are all signs of ADHD. And guess what? This doesn't just affect children. And, and this, this is Chick to Chick. Okay, so we are talking about something that a lot of people are talking about right now, in my circle at least, you and I have talked about it. It's ADHD. And I don't know about you, but you know, back in the day, years and years ago, this was like only talked about about rambunctious boys, right? Yeah, it's a big myth. People yeah. think, oh yeah, this only affects young boys and, mm -hmm. and it doesn't affect girls and it no. certainly doesn't affect, affect adults. No, 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 that couldn't be. But in fact, it actually does. And we're gonna cut to the chase today because I have one of my favorite people on the planet next to my chick here. One of my favorite people is my best friend, Jen. We talk about things all of the time, and we've really talked a lot about ADHD. So joining the podcast today is Jen Gray. Hey, girl. Hey, girls. <laughs> Hi, Jen. So glad you're here. So you and Carrie have a conversation, and how did this whole thing come up? Well, it's been an ongoing conversation for years because I first realized ADHD was in our family with my son. He, when we lived abroad, he was diagnosed as ADHD. And I thought it was just a really hard curriculum for him. But it turns out he really did have a lot of the symptoms that I really kind of refused to acknowledge as ADHD. Yeah, I remember when you were there, they were they were abroad, they were in Hong Kong. And I remember you were you're frustrated because you were like, there's just no way because yeah. he wasn't leaping around and running around that we associate with ADHD. So what symptoms did he have? Um, he actually he had a lot of digestion issues. He had anxiety. Um, he had a lot of reading issues and really sports was the thing that kept him going and kept all of that in balance and he was he's just such a sweet good kid that I never imagined that this would be him so you realize your son has this now yeah. you have it as well and what were you going through and when were you diagnosed and what were your symptoms all of that stuff so when we went through this process it, so that was that was third grade with Liam um, when we went through this process with him, I moved him to a different school thinking this would alleviate the problem, and it really didn't. So I went and had him tested in the 11th grade. That's how long it took me to come to terms with this. And once he went through all of the testing and sitting with the neuropsychologist and talking to him about all the symptoms, I'm thinking to myself, well... I'm checking every single box here. And at the time I was going through therapy um, for many different things. Um, I've had some trauma in my life and um, I have anxiety as well. And so I just thought everything that I had was just anxiety driven. Well, after speaking with my psychologist, actually it wasn't. I kind of checked the same boxes that Liam was checking. And at that time, this was back in uh, 2006, seven and eight. And that was when I was actually getting right at the beginning of perimenopause as well. 
gosh, and that's a whole other. That's whole a double other, whammy, uh, man. Right. <laughs> you know, right. and, and when we talked about this stuff together, you know, we talked about the fact that it is like hidden, you know, it, and you've talked about this too, Jen. Like, I don't know if I, if I had this before, like there were some issues when I was in school growing up, but talk about, you know, go back to when you think you might've had it when you were younger, because we as females do a lot of workarounds. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, Carrie, you knew me in, in school. I got along with everybody. I got along with teachers. She was, I was CHS. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I was considered a really good kid. Yeah. Not necessarily a good student because I definitely was not a good student. But I did have all the workarounds. I figured out how to make my teacher look around my bad grade or the fact that I didn't turn in my homework. I was so disorganized. And I, I talk to Carrie about it now that I feel like I always had filing drawers open and folders were everywhere. And I never understood how to organize any of it because I, I'm always 100% or I'm kind of stagnant. It's very hard for me to do things halfway I either do them really well or I just don't really do them. <laughs> so you're kind of all over the map. Yeah. When you say yeah. that you've got all of these different files and they're open and you're all over the place. And so what, how old were you when you were finally diagnosed? You said you were perimenopausal. How old yeah. were you? I was 46. You were 46 when, and you were diagnosed mm -hmm. for the very first time at the age of 46 with ADHD. Yeah, I had a teacher in college um, tell me that she thought that I had dyslexia. And for the longest time, that's kind of what I've said that I have had because I never knew the material when it was in on a test in front of me. But boy, she knew I knew that material. Mm -hmm. So that is also, I think, one of the things is getting it from my brain to the paper is also a very difficult thing to do. And that I saw that in my son as well. I knew he knew the material. He studied and he studied and he studied. So going back to Liam quickly, one of the things I want to just touch upon is how do you advocate for your child if they're not presenting the way they normally would, like the boys being rambunctious and all of those things, and it's a, it's some of the other symptoms like Liam had. How do you first advocate for your child in school? What did you do? So his freshman year in high school, um, he went from a, um, this is my ADHD brain. He went from a public school to a private school back into the pi private Catholic system. And he did horrible his first semester. And I know that he wouldn't hesitate to say he did horrible the first semester. And he played football as well. And I told his coach, there's no way that I can have him do this because studies are way more important in life. And so there was a program called Guided Studies. And I didn't even have to advocate for him because the school had an advocate program set in place. And Liam, once he joined that, he just sailed. He did so well. And by the guidance of his guided studies teacher and the one-on-one -on -one connection, they finally realized, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get him tested because in private school, you don't have that 501C. So we had to go and do that um, and do a private testing and 
that's that's when we found out. So now we're having an ADHD moment here because I went from you, she went to your to yeah. Liam, and now I'm going to come back to you. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to us. We're a little ADHD over here as well. <laughs> I want to get back to you at that yeah. moment then when you were diagnosed and you said you were 46 years old. Did yeah. you just have like this whole sense of relief? Like you go, oh. This makes okay. sense now. Oh, now I get it. <laughs> Like what, what went off in your head when they said, yeah, this is what you have. And this is why, what were you thinking and and how were you feeling? Well, uh, it's, it's hard to explain because I don't, I didn't, it was at a point in my life where I had already passed, surpassed all of the anxiety of school and those kind of things. I was raising children. I knew I was doing a good job. So where did ADHD actually live in my life as an adult now? Really, it's around my house. I walk past the stacks of little piles that I have that drive my type A personality husband crazy. <laughs> little things like that, like completing tasks and doing things like that. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I had a sense of relief because the other thing is we're not really sure where it came from. I don't know if it was childhood. I don't know if it was trauma and cortisol level driven. I don't know if it was menopause, but I've had two of my therapists now tell me that I check every single box that has to do with ADHD. So what do you what are your workarounds now? How do you manage all of that now that you now you know what's going on? Um, I'm a very big list person and, um, change is hard for me. So like I, if I have something on my calendar, it gives me anxiety when things get changed, unless I change it. And I I just, I think my personality helps because I am kind of a workaround. Like uh, I'm kind of a free spirit and can, can go with the flow, but nobody sees what's going on in here. So that just raises my cortisol levels even more. So it it looks like I'm working around, but I'm harboring a lot. And then I'll just go for a walk. So uh, I know plenty of children who um, have ADHD and have been on medication for five years, 10 years, years and years and years. are, is your son on medication? And more importantly, are you taking any type of medication or are you just trying to manage this on your own through behavior modification? So my son went on medication and he couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And he was on, he was on it. He, he really tried to be on it for a while. But I think for him, what you had just asked me about the diagnosis I think him having a diagnosis is what helped him Mm -hmm. because he understood what he was up against. With me, I'm exploring, I was working with a naturopath to try to heal my gut, to try to help my brain, those kind of things. And now I'm going down the menopausal road. So I'm, I'm working with, um, with a women's hormone specialist and we're trying to get my estrogen levels and, that uh, my progesterone levels and that kind of stuff working to my favor to try to help get a lot of in women ADHD symptoms are very similar to menopause symptoms so 
we're trying to work through that in hopes that it will it will help. And I was my one of my therapists put me on Zoloft for probably about five years, and then I I decided to take myself off of it when I was working with my naturopath. I know she's been working hard. I she sends me the stuff all the time, and it's a godsend because I need the information too. So I, you know what, you really did a great job bringing a lot of information to the table today, and I think people who are listening, uh, it's going to resonate if they have someone in their home or themselves who are going through it. So I'm so glad that you were on to talk about this today. My biggest thing is I would just say ask for help mm-hmm. because keeping it inside does nobody any good. It only harms yourself. So ask for help. And I think that's a great way to end this podcast and really, really great advice. And thanks for being open and honest and transparent with us, Jen. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's tough, And we talk about it a lot. I mean, even last night she was sending me some information that's like these overlaps of ADHD, menopause, you know, all that kind of stuff. She's right, you know. Go to a provider who can help you keep going until you get the answers. But at 46, you could still be facing a diagnosis that you had no idea that you had. Yeah, and again, it is a big myth that this only affects uh, adolescent young boys. It yeah. can affect anybody, and, and here you are. You're dealing with an adult woman yep. diagnosed at the age of 46. Speak wild. up and get help if you need it. Yes, and we appreciate you being with us today. Do us a favor, like and subscribe at our YouTube page. And until we are back to Chirp about another topic.